Salutations, Scoob Believer. Do you have a dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but don't know where to start or even what to do? Where can I gather information quickly about what's in my zone of genius? Don't worry, Scoob Believers. I got you covered. Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt and check out an amazing set of AI prompts that will give you ideas, information, and articles to help you get across that start line. Once again, go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt to get you started now. Good luck, Scoob Believer. This is an Undiscovered Legacy production. Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the podcast where brand new entrepreneurs come to life and could quite possibly be discovered. Join me, DJ Scoob, and the rest of the Scoob Believers as we help these new businesses become a reality. And now, away we go! Now join DJ Scoob in the coaching of Kalila, already in progress. Again. I'm so sorry. Kalila? Kalila. It sounds Kalila. like tequila. Oh, well, now we know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So give me a little more insight about what you're – now you, you do a kit for people that have suffered a, a miscarriage, correct? That's the start of it, yeah. So the, the short story so you kind of know what to talk about is that I am a surrogate. Um, I have three kids of my own. Um, I, I, I call being pregnant my superpower. And in December of 2019, I gave birth to the first surrogate baby who was, thank God, totally healthy. He's now three and a half years old. And literally as I was giving birth, I was like, I want to do this again. <laughs> so obviously with COVID, um, everything sort of was up in the air in terms of when and how and that kind of stuff. And in January of 2022, I was approved that I could actually be a surrogate again for the same family. Mm-hmm. So May of last year, I went in for the IVF transfer and everything was going perfectly and great and no issues until 16 weeks and five days when I went in for a checkup and there was no heartbeat. Mm. So it was one of those where um, it was like a ton of bricks was dropped on me because I obviously had never been through that before and I didn't even know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. And the hospital sort of just gave me this whole packet and said, okay, now that you're checked out, I was in the hospital for two days and they were like, okay, we're done. So I started doing research. I like, I couldn't get out of bed as most people who've gone through the same situation do. And I um, realized that I needed to create. And so I just started pulling from all the different pieces of research that I was doing and what was helping to heal my pain. And I put together this workbook and then through the workbook, I also then put together this whole survival toolkit that comes with affirmation cards and stickers and items that let the person know that they're not alone and that they're not going through this by themselves, even if they feel like they are. Um, And now I'm actually just about to release my second workbook, which is really for the general population called Activate Your Inner Strength Warrior. And it's all about using the challenges that life gives you instead of working against them to work with them. All right. So I understand. I kind of get an idea of how it got started and that kind of thing. So what was the process 
I mean, you learned a bunch of stuff and you threw a bunch of stuff together in a kit. I mean, how did that work? I mean, what was the process there? A lot of it started with me literally hand drawing on Procreate. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to just create stickers or create something that I felt was tangible that made it feel like the baby still existed. Um, The biggest part to me was that, especially because I was the surrogate, I felt like I was going to be completely forgotten where as most parents, and I, and, and this is actually not the case, but a lot of parents I felt like were because it was their own baby, it was their loss. So it was something that people could connect to and could say, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? Whereas I felt like I was just the surrogate. And so I was going to be glossed over and because it wasn't my baby, I wasn't attached to it and those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. Whereas I then through the, um, the therapy group that I was in came to realize that it's actually that way for a lot of parents, even though it is their baby, because people don't know what to do. They don't know what to talk about. They don't know if they should bring it up. They don't know if the parents even want to mention it. Whereas most parents are dying inside to talk about their baby. Um, and so I started drawing, I started going through the process of, of procreate and looking at stickers. And then I was like, you know, the idea of actually drawing really helped me. So maybe I can put together something where someone can color how they feel. And I found um, different pictures that kind of expressed a wave of emotions and, and to color each section of the wave with a different color for how they were feeling that day. Um, and then I started thinking it back. I, I homeschool my kids. So it's something where I actually work with them quite a lot on working through your emotions and talking to people and being able to, to understand, you know, the social skills that are necessary in terms of working in the real world, even though they're still young. And so some of the things I do with them, for example, we have a calendar where every day there's a color that represents the over arching emotion of that day. So red could be anger, green could be happiness, blue could be calm. Um, And then you, every single day, you color in a little tiny square of what that emotion is. And at the end of the year, you can look back and say, oh, did I have more good days or did I have more rough days? And then you can kind of say, well, why were the rough days rough? Did I start the day rough or did I end the day rough? Did I start the day great? And then I ended the day rough. Like what happened in that day? So I included that kind of a um, work uh, activity. And then there was just other aspects that I was like, oh, that really helped me. I should include that. And then I thought, wow, this, this whole idea is coming together and it's a 60 page book before I knew it. Right. Right. Just got, it just kept growing on you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you've you've put all these things together. What have you done with it up to this point? Now you have this kit. What what have you done with it? So I do a lot of social media marketing. Um, I've done one craft fair. I have another craft fair that's coming up on August 20th that not only am I going to have the toolkits, but I also have another thing that I'm going to have my daughter involved with because she really wants to be able to sit at the booth with me where I'm going to print out temporary tattoos with some of the the one-liners that I have um, with affirmations and um, for, you know, 50 cents or a dollar while people are walking around, they can get a temporary tattoo with this, this motivational affirmation. Um, beyond that, it's been a lot of word of mouth. It's been a lot of me talking about it. It's been a lot of um, my mom has helped promote it to different people and um, 
just really getting people to talk about miscarriage and pregnancy loss. Okay. So what can, what can I do to help you? What, what would be a couple questions you might have for me that I can, I can help you along? I mean, where do you think we go? So I think I'm, there's two things I'm stuck in how to get the word out more. Um, actually it's three things. Once the word is out, I'm also at that point where I'm a little nervous because the workbooks are easy for me to distribute. Those I do through Lulu and through Amazon. Mm -hmm. So somebody else puts the whole thing together. The the PDF form is with them. And when it's ordered, it is a drop ship directly from them. The actual toolkits, I have all the supplies that I've ordered and I put them together in my house. So it's, it's like that double-edged sword where I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love for people to order. But then I'm like, oh, but I only have kits enough for 50 people. So if I get this influx of orders, it's going to be a backlog because I have to then pay for the supplies before I can make more. Um, So that's the, the first two things. And then the last part was I had it in my head (laughs) and now I don't remember what it was. Oh, I remember. Okay. I would love to be able to create some sort of online workshop, coaching group, something of the sort so that I can also then help people as they're going through the workbook or to be able to touch base with someone, you know, four weeks after you've had this loss, six weeks after you've had this loss, 10 weeks after you've had this loss, whatever it might be. I'm not a certified um psychologist or psychiatrist, but through life experience, I know I can help people. And I know that there are certain things and and tricks and techniques that I've learned from my psychiatrist and, and to be able to help in the healing group that can also help other people. So it's that fine line of saying, okay, I know that I have a lot of life experience, but I don't have a certificate in psychology to say, you know, I got letters behind my name. Okay. All right, good. What else? What else do you think I can help you with? I mean, there's got to be a couple other things you think. I mean, if you really have to think long term, like once I get past that point, what do I see happening for myself or anything else? What else do you think I can help? I mean, my goal is to be a speaker. I want to be able to get up on stages everywhere and talk to people about building their inner strength and building their resiliency by telling my story and being able to then answer questions about surrogacy, answer questions about you know, what happens when you have to go through a challenge? How do you come out the other side with such a positive outlook? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you work those steps to get through it? So that's, I want to be a speaker. And I'm also writing my book about the whole surrogacy journey. So to then be able to find publisher, find editor, find, you know, all that stuff that I, I don't know all those little steps. I know how to write. I know how to organize my thoughts. But I have no idea, especially since I self-published the two workbooks, I have no idea how to go about finding any of those things to be able to really get the book out there and get the word out there. Okay. So you want to be a speaker, which is amazing because I'm actually on that road myself. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, also, you want you have your book or you want to write a book, but you're having trouble about self-publishing and how to go about that. Right. right. So okay. I have about four chapters done so far and I know, and I'm really only at the very beginning of my journey in terms of how I got into surrogacy. So I know there's a lot more to write, but it's finding 
finding the ways to then be able to go to the publishers and say, here's my story. Do you want to purchase it? Do you want to be able to use it? That kind of stuff. Okay, good. What else? Is there anything else that you'd really like to go over with me? And we have a whole two hours, so I want to make sure I I give my full amount of time and effort into being able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So is there anything else? Um, I think that covers the main points. Okay. Those, those are really the big ones. Okay. So if, if you think of any other ones, other questions that might come about during our session here today, just ask. Okay. Because I guarantee there's going to be more questions going to pop in your head as we go along. I'm sure. And I'm, and I'm open to them. I want to hear them. I really do. Okay. Okay. So how – I'm going to ask you a quick question because I have a couple ways I do things. And I want to hear what your, what your thoughts are. How do you actually organize your thoughts when it comes to the books? What, what is your process? For the workbooks? Yeah. Well, no, for your actual book. Because you have workbooks done already. So I don't want to talk Great. about that. I want to talk about how you actually organize your thoughts in, in the writing of your book, that uh, of your journey. So the the thought process in terms of how I sit down and write is each, each chapter is a section of the journey. So what I've gotten up to so far is the idea of I've, I've met the first first couple cuz I actually went through three different couples in terms of finding the right couple that we should be the match for each other um so it's the different events that happened from getting from point A to point B to point C what that journey looks like um and then now that I'm at the point of the first couple is probably not a good match um for the reasons why of you know the things that have come up, then the next step is to, is to move into how I then met the second couple, which was not a good match and how I met the third couple. And then once we met that third couple, what the process was of then going through IVF, going into the journey of being pregnant, enjoying the fact that I could go everywhere and, and people will be like, Oh, you're pregnant. I had no idea. And I'm like, Oh, it's not mine. (laughs) My favorite (laughs) phrase. Um, and then what the birth was like, um, you know, working the whole time with the parents, knowing that every time I had a doctor's appointment, every time I had an ultrasound, every time I, I was nervous about something or needed to go to the doctor for something, I had to call them first as opposed to my husband and then what it was like through COVID trying to wait to get pregnant again, actually going through to the IVF again, and then losing the baby and what it was like in the hospital. Um, so really the whole journey of the story. So are you basically just writing out of memory or do you have an actual process where you get your, you get your thoughts? So I had, I had notes of the entire process and I actually started writing. Um, years ago when I first gave birth and then my iPad lost all of my stuff. And I was oh. like, Oh, that's the worst. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm going back over my notes and I, I, it's funny cause I actually just did a habit finder exam with a friend of mine who's a habit finder coach. Mm-hmm. And so she did her, you know, her 45 minute um, breakdown afterwards. And she said, one of the things that came up was that I actually have a very good eye for detail and a very um, vivid imagination. And I was like, that's so funny you say that because every time I write another section of my book, 
I can go back to the exact moment that I'm writing about and I can see the whole thing happening. Okay, good. So you kind of have a process. I, I want to just kind of give you an idea of what my process is just so okay. it might help you. It might not. I don't know. Um, sure. I actually use some uh, – here, I can actually show you right here. These bad boys right here. Okay. Sticky notes, post-it notes, whatever. Yeah. And basically, I give myself a ten, five or ten minute mark and just dump everything and stick it to the wall right behind me right here. Okay. And use that. And then I organize those things into specific areas, like different mm. subjects. And then the, those subjects can be chapters or different points. Mm. But, and I use that basically. So I get, I turn my editing, my editing brain off and just go flow with my creative brain. Right. And it gives me a better flow of what I'm doing. And I'm not, I don't worry so much about how the spelling is, or if this is actually part of this part of the story, it just gets everything out. Mm. And then I'm able to move them around into sections. So I don't know okay. if that helps you or not, if you've even tried that or heard of that before. I have heard of it. I haven't tried it um, because my story is so linear. There are plenty of other stories that I could tell that it would definitely be much more helpful because I would jump around a lot mm -hmm. um, because I do have a pretty eclectic background. My my mom also was a cancer survivor um, two times over and that, you know, the first time I was a kid. So even going to a, I can see like my next book talking about getting through other events that happen and and keeping the victor mentality instead of going into the victim mentality right. so that would definitely help i think for any follow-up books that have nothing to do with the linear story um but because this is such a you know a to z process i don't know that it would specifically help for this one yeah that's what i was gonna say too because it sounds like you already have it kind of mapped out anyway yeah so and it, like you said it's really linear so it, but it, it still might come in handy with these other books. It sounds like for sure. Yeah, once you once you get to that point. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. So, what are you doing right now to get the word? I mean, you said you have you do word of mouth. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. What else are you doing to get the word out about what you're doing? I mean, what have you? Social media. That's it, huh? It is. I don't really know of any other ways to go about doing it right now. I I'm pretty proficient with Canva. I post. Every single morning on, you know, the top six, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, locals. I've been doing threads recently since it started and um, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, but but in terms of marketing specifically, I don't know other ways to go about doing it besides going on podcasts and things of the sort, which I'm doing. Right. Well, that's good. That's actually a good way to get your word out. So go on to other podcasts that are similar to what you're doing. Do you mm -hmm. have your do you have your own podcast? I don't and I I would love to. I think the thing that's holding me back is that I am worried I don't have enough to talk about, right? I have my story, I have my lessons, mm -hmm. and I don't want to jump all over the place to say this episode is about X and this episode has nothing to do with anything I've talked about in the past. Um I would love to be able to interview people on what their stories are but then i also think do i have the right questions like i I've, I've been interviewed and i know that people have always asked me interesting questions i don't know it's it's that perfection thing that's holding me back in that respect yeah and you know what it's just a fear yeah it really is just what it's breaking down to is just a fear and it's a fear of like you say not having enough to talk about or not quite getting the message out correctly or anything like mm. that don't worry about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
I think what you really need to do is just get started. Yeah. Just take that first step towards, even if it's just to buy yourself a microphone, you're making a step forward into something that you know you, you, you obviously know this stuff. <laughs> yes. Right? This is stuff that you've been talking about for, for years. This is stuff that you've been living through. How could you not have enough to talk about? Right. That was, this is that was actually a fear of mine. To be honest with you, that was a fear of mine too when I first mm-hmm. started this. When I first started my podcast, Undiscovered Entrepreneur, am I going to have people that want to talk to me because it's an interview base? So am I going to have people that want to talk about that stuff? What if I run out of things to talk about? What if nobody – I go right. through a dry spell of of not having anybody that want to interview with me. I've been doing this for two years. It has yet to happen. Nice. Okay. I See, always- I think that's where your post-it note – actually, the idea might come into a lot of use because if I can put post-it notes on – chapters of a podcast then it it could help with organizing that now you're thinking now see how you got you got the juices for you're already thinking for yourself how to do this right right you have the capability it's there i know it i can feel it it's there you just need to do it right and that's one of the things about I don't know if you got a chance to listen to my podcast, but one of the big I did. Things- I heard one of the lady that was the DIYer, and I was like, I oh, yeah. feel so hardcore because I'm also a yeah. DIYer. <laughs> she is amazing. But yeah, that's the thing though. And that I talk about that in the podcast too. That particular podcast. I'm glad you brought one up. I talk about how fear holds us back sometimes when we have For sure. Something. But we if we just take that first step forward into something that we know we know en- enough about then it, things just kind of fall into place for us. People start following right. us. People start asking us questions about and giving us ideas for other things. It just right. automatically happens because you took right. that first step. So don't be afraid to take that first step. You will not run out of stuff to talk about. I guarantee it. Yeah. I it's funny because it. I actually, I was always very nervous, even though I'm, I'm, I have no problem getting up in front of a, a theater full of people. Right. But talking to the camera, I, I, put off for so long. And then you can say, I have a friend who is also a coach, but she does more like um, emotion code and body code and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to her and same person who does the habit finder and she posts videos all the time. And she was like, just do it. Just, just start recording yourself. And I was like, okay, fine. And now that I've recorded a few things, I'm like, you're, I, I know she's right. Like I know that I can record and I do have the microphone and I do have the ring light and I do have, you know, the nice laptop and everything. And, um, I think I, I always, I see what everybody else does as perfection. And so for me to be able to get out of my own head and say, no, everybody had to start here. I'm starting here. That's okay. And I can take those baby steps and I can do the videos and I know what I'm saying. It's just now, okay, so transition into also doing a podcast. And what's so hard? Tell me what's hard about that. I, I it's It's that fear of everybody else looks like theirs is perfect. And I... I have, I am a very, very hardcore perfectionist. So okay, so the practice so, of it, like I'm uh, used to, I'm an actress, so I'm used to getting up on stage. I'm used to being able to go to rehearsal for weeks or months at a time and, and rehearsing the same lines over and over again that somebody else has written and somebody else has choreographed for the dances. And then when it's all my own stuff, I'm like, 
how long do I have to rehearse? What do I have to say? Where do I go from here? So it's, it's transitioning into saying, no, I know what I'm saying. Like it's not imposter syndrome because even though my husband says this all the time, okay, so big deal. You don't have those letters after your name. You have life experience. You know what you're talking about. It's not fake. It's authentic. And people like that. People will actually go to somebody that's authentic over a piece of paper. Interesting. They will because you've lived it. Right. A lot of people that actually have that piece of paper have not lived it. They just read it in a book. Right. Right. So you actually have an advantage over those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to give you a little thing and you might've heard it in the podcast, but I'm going to say it here again. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Okay. Okay. That's what you're facing right now. This isn't a saber tooth tiger that's going to eat you up. <laughs> Okay. This isn't a caveman coming after you with a big club that's going to hit you over the head. Right. I'm not, not going to die. I know yes, that. Exactly. It's nothing right. that's going to hurt you. It could only help you if you get over that fear and just show other people what you actually are capable of doing, which right. I know for a fact you are capable of doing because I could see it. Thanks. You've lived it, right? right. How, how, how else can you explain that kind of experience? Right. Now, as far as perfectionists, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to cut this part out, but I'm going to show you something. Here, okay? <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to show you something here. Something I don't show a lot of people, but I think you need to see this. Okay, okay. so I'm going to take my camera here and take it off. I, hopefully, I don't mess anything up. But I want to show you. This is my studio. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Uh huh. Now I don't know if the camera will go over. You can actually see I live in a studio apartment. Wow. Okay. I work two full-time jobs. Hopefully I don't mess that up too much. I work two full-time jobs. I have my family and I do the coaching and I do the podcast. Wow. Okay. But I am starting from zero, pretty much zero. This is the, what I have here is accumulation over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm able to go on to podcasts. I'm able to have a podcast. I'm able to talk to people like yourself and help them along in their entrepreneur adventure because I have the experience. You don't mm. have to have all the extra stuff. You don't have to have, you know, perfection. Uh, this is far from perfection. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is way far. Well, from perfection. I, I mean, I, I feel you on the, the background and not like I have my, my Canva virtual screen, but I'm in my bedroom. I've got my desk on one side. I've got my bed on the other with a TV behind me. So yeah. I totally get that. I'm just lucky. I have a white wall. I can put, you know, behind <laughs> me, you know, but anyway, so I mean, you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect, especially when you first start out. You have to be a disaster before you're a master, right? Right. Okay. So be that. Disaster. I think it's also because I have, I went to school in Boston um, and I got a theater education degree. And I think that the impression of auditioning, the impression of putting yourself out there for radio or voiceovers or communications in general is always, you have one chance to make a first impression. And I think that's also in the back of my head to say, if you don't get it right, who then is going to give you that second chance? As true as I hear that I really do, but as true as that is, we have something called editing. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So even if it's not perfect or you're to your perfection the first time, you can fix it. Right. Right. And even if you, fl- if you flub something up or anything, uh, delete. 
or just say it again or or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Don't overdo it though. Right. <laughs> right, cuz then it sounds fake. Yeah. Well, then you're you're spending, you know, I, I talked to a guy today. He said he had a, a YouTube channel and he spends eight hours editing like a half an hour. I was like, dude, you're overdoing it. You're, wow. you're just way overshooting what you're trying to do. Yeah. When it comes to like a podcast and even some YouTube channels, mistakes are going to happen and people are okay with that as long as they're getting the information that they're looking for. Right. People will forgive a flub. They'll for, they'll forgive an ah and an o oh and an and and a so, mm-hmm. as long as they're getting the information that they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? So you got to bear that in mind when you're starting something like this. You got to get out of that perfection mentality. I could see why that with your acting career and and your knowledge of that, you could still use that to your advantage. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you can't have that type of perfection. But even right. in movies, even in I don't know. Uh, right, they the, do take they one, do, take two, take editing. three. Yeah. Right. So you know, don't overthink it because I really think that's what you're doing right now, as far okay. as that goes, is overthinking it. Okay. Just do it. Just get started. Just do that. A recording. Record yourself. That's what I did when I started. My first recording was with my son talking about his first his his job at the pizza nice. parlor. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, so like. Even if you want to call me and just have a recording and just talk back and forth so you can learn what the process is and how it sounds and what it looks like, I'm more than happy mm-hmm. to do that with you. Thank you. I, I think sp- also so far, because I've done, I want to say five or six podcasts or interviews or, or you know, Zoom calls at the moment. So that's also helped a lot just in terms of being able to understand that it most of the time it's just a conversation and it's guiding the conversation in the right way. It's not, you know, I'm used to listening to a one person podcast who really carries the whole thing for 45 minutes to an hour. Whereas it doesn't always have to be like that. So my podcast, I don't know if you notice or not, I have 60 some odd episodes and one solo episode. Hmm. That's it. Everything else is interview based. Right. So if you need a second person there, if it needs to be interview-based, do it at interview-based. As long as you're getting the information that you know in, in your head out. Right. Um, if it's a matter of talking to somebody, you know, if, you, if you're more used to a face-to-face conversation with somebody, um, I have a podcaster that puts a mirror in front of them as they're recording. Oh. So you're actually talking, you're kind of tricking your brain into thinking there's somebody else that you're actually talking to. Mm. You can do that. Um, I do a lot of video conferences. So I actually, if you, I, I, my eyes kind of go down here because I'm actually looking at myself and you, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, when I do do a solo, when I did do a solo, I looked at my picture because I was, I was tricking my brain into talking to myself as like an interview. That's funny because when I talk to myself on any recording I've done, whether it's singing or not, I always get slightly thrown off because then I'm concentrating on what my face looks like as opposed to the words that I'm saying. So I like this. I've figured out that with Zoom, if I get one call on top of the other, so like your screen is on top of mine. Mm -hmm. So it looks like I'm talking more to the little green light as opposed to, you know, down here in the corner. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Talking when I see myself, I'm like, I hold on. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I really think a good way to get the word out for what you're doing is to actually start a podcast. Okay. All right. My I husband think, says that all the time. And I'm well, like, 
<laughs> He's right. I, I, you probably I don't hear that too often, but. <laughs> Which is funny because ironically, the post that I said yesterday was, did you ever get a piece of advice from someone where you thought, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Why are you giving this piece of advice? And then you hear literally the same piece of advice from someone else. And you're like, wow, you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> My wife keeps telling me that too. I told you that for years. Well, sorry. I just now figured it out. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it happens. <laughs> so um, other ways you can get the word out. When you go to these um, events, what what do you do? Do you have a booth or something like that? Or do you just walk around? Or what what is your process there when you go so to these events? The, the craft fair that I signed up for, um, I do have a booth. It's it's The first one was a little bit more difficult because I had no idea what I was stepping into. And it was still pretty raw in terms of the emotions of what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Because I'm a little bit farther removed, ironically, it's going to happen on August 20th. And my year anniversary from having the baby is August 25th. So I know Ooh, that there's okay, going to yeah. be some yeah. emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to use that to my advantage only because I'm going to use that just to connect with myself and say, I'm, there's a reason why he's not here. There's a reason why he couldn't, you know, fully develop and come into this world as a, as a baby. And if it's to help other people, then, then that's what it is. Um, and I think to be able to set it up a little bit differently. Last time I was like, I didn't know exactly what I should bring with me and I didn't know exactly how I should set it up. I have a much nicer setup for the actual survival toolkit that I've created than I did the first time. I had a little bit more time to prepare this time. Um, so I think it'll it'll be a much easier in terms of the setup and understanding who's going to be at the fair. This is the first one I've done. So if I can find more craft fairs, then great. Um, I don't, I don't even know how to go about finding craft fairs. Um, I'm sure there's a, a Google search somewhere, local craft fairs or something like that, that you can, you could probably look that up. I, that's actually probably the easy part compared to okay. everything else that you got to go through. Right. But so say you're going to this craft fair, what do you do actually to get people's attention to, to uh, get your word out at these craft fairs? What do you actually do? So I have the workbook sitting out on the the table and I have the toolkit sitting out on the table with the things that are included. Um, every single person that walks by, a lot of them are much older people. So the woman would say something like, oh, I really wish that was around when, when I was having a child because I, I totally went through that. And so I'll ask them, you know, what their experience was, if they're willing to talk about it. And then I'll say, you know, if you went through it, potentially you have a niece or your daughter or somebody you don't know, you know, here's my business card. Maybe you can send a care package to somebody if you find out that they've experienced a loss. Um, So just a lot of times it was just to engage them and to hear their stories because so many women have been affected by pregnancy loss and they're afraid to talk about it. And like, I had one lady who was really affected by it the last time. And she came, I saw her wander back around a few different times and she didn't stop, but she would smile at me. And then finally, after like the fourth or fifth loop around, she stopped and she started crying. And she said, I, I wish this was around 20 years ago. And I said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she said, my husband 
basically told me to forget about it. And I know I can't talk to him, but it's so buried deep inside me and I need to do something and I don't know what to do. And she just started sobbing and I I gave her a hug and I said, I'm so sorry. And then her husband walked up and she was like, I got to go. And she started walking away. And I was like, oh, I just wish I could give you a longer hug. I'm so sorry. Good story. Thanks. Good story. And that, um, that gets into a lot of different kind of, I'm, I'm actually welling up a little bit because of that story. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was rough to see it. And I teared up when I, when I was encountering her because I, I just felt for her so, so badly. I think what really kind of makes me sad on top of that story is the fact that she has to hide her emotions from her husband. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Like I said, it's kind of, kind of a thing. Um, I have a, a couple ideas I want to explore with you when it comes to getting your word out on a craft fair. And this is actually something similar that I talked to. It's going to sound a little weird, but um, there's a gentleman who is that I interviewed as actually one of my first uh, coachings. His name was uh, Meatloaf the Piercer. Okay. And he is a piercer and his wife is a tattoo artist. Wow. And when they did craft that, well, not craft first, but they went to get togethers like you're talking about. But what they started doing was making things with QR codes on them mm-hmm. and putting that QR code on stickers, on anything they can get their hands on. So people actually have a direct access, even if they don't walk right up to the booth, they could take a picture of this QR code mm-hmm. and then go to a website and information area and that kind of thing. So even if they don't feel comfortable walking up to use per se, you still have a capability of getting that information out to these people, which okay. later might turn into clients. Right. I can, I mean, I can certainly make a QR code. I on bit.ly, that's not a problem um, to be able to just have different, like maybe one poster on one side, one poster on the other, that if they don't want to stop, they can get the QR code and then keep going. I would also use that QR code if you can on business cards. Okay. So one of my, you probably didn't get a chance to get into my background, but when I first started this whole thing, I wanted to be a karaoke DJ and a music DJ. That's why I'm DJ scoop. I kind of kept that. But one of the things I did was I actually made a QR code on a business card that went to a video of me introducing myself and what I do. Mm. So instead mm-hmm. of just having just the car that has my name and address and, and a website or whatever, you also have me introducing myself and what I do on a video mm-hmm. on this business card. So right. that might be another good way to be able to get your word out. Not just as a business card, but actually you as a person, because that's what people right. are going to connect with is you as a person explaining what you do. Do you recommend keeping the old fashioned business card or do you recommend this updated business card where it's literally you have the business card and then every time somebody walks by, they just click the QR code and it takes them to that website. I would do both. Okay. But invest more in the newest one, which is basically it's called a dot card. Right. Right. And it basically you put it behind their cell phone and all your, all your contact information on the cell phone. Right. But as, as weird as it sounds, not everybody has a cell phone that's going to do that. Okay. So, so to still, just still keep a few of the regular business cards. Yeah. but Because I do invest- have business cards and I also have postcards. Um, in, I'm, I'm Jewish. And so we 
there's a ritual once a month when you have gone through your period or whatever it is, you go to something called a mikvah. Um, and so for some of the mikvahs in my area, I've given them not only a workbook, but I've given them a postcard so that if anybody has gone through a pregnancy loss and they want to be able to quietly take the information, they can, they don't have to say like, can I buy your workbook or whatever? They can just take the postcard. It has a QR code on there. So that part is easy enough to do. So you you already got it going, but I think what you need to do is expand off of that. Right. Expand that off into other areas where not just the po- not just the postcard, but you know, like I was saying, like other places where people can even just walk by your booth and just and then it's right, right there. Right. So, and then another thing too, I'm thinking about too is these people that you come up to and talk to about their experiences and that kind of thing, and. This is going to sound a little weird too, but those are the people that you want to have on your podcast. Okay. So say, hey, I have a podcast where we talk about this. Would you be interested in being a guest on this podcast? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to charge you anything for it. It's just for other people's information. Mm -hmm. And if they're open to that, because a lot of people are are actually wanting to tell their story to the world, to Mm -hmm. help other people. Right. So I would actually take that opportunity and, and ask these people if they are comfortable because you want you don't want to do anything where they're not comfortable. If they're comfortable talking about it on, say, a platform like a podcast. Mm-hmm. And do you think that the podcast should be solely based on pregnancy loss, or or do you think I can expand out? Because the whole idea behind my keynote is this resiliency and building inner strength. So, do you think it can be? It can start with pregnancy loss and go towards the whole idea of going through something traumatic or going through something that was challenging and how they came out the other side. Let me ask you, let me answer your question with a question. Okay. (laughs) Have you heard of your zone of genius? Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So there's a book called the big leap. I'm a big advocate for this book. And basically what it talks about is how to find your zone of genius. Okay. Your zone of genius is the thing that you do that puts you into a state like a zone like you know how sports people talk about they're in the zone or a writer Mm. even a a Mm. writer they get into this zone okay if you could figure out what that zone of genius is in whatever you do you will have a lot more energy more thoughts more provoking ideas than you would if you were thinking about anything else Mm. so you have two main things i could see in your zone of genius right now one of them is the public speaking and the positivity and the things like that. And the other thing is your knowledge of loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to decide which one of those, I can't make that decision for you, mm-hmm. but you could decide which one is most in your zone of genius and work with that first. And then mm-hmm. once you get, once you establish yourself in that, then expand out to something else. Mm-hmm. The, th- the thing that you're going to, that's going to be in your zone, you said what people are going to know you for, and then follow you into your next step. Mm-hmm. So out of those two things, I mean, I, and I know you're kind of new to the zone of genius, but I'm going to ask you this anyway, what out of those two things you think would be in your zone of genius? I mean, the, the speaking for sure, but right. I think that the speaking in terms of going through any sort of challenge and, and finding the optimism in it and finding the silver lining is really my sweet spot, not just in pregnancy loss. That just happened to be the, the, the tipping point for me. But I think being able to always 
look on the bright side, being able to always, and and not to say that I'm looking through rose colored glasses and that life is full of rainbows and butterflies and all that. Like life sucks sometimes. There's no doubt about it, but to be able to then understand that there's a way to change your outlook. One of my, one of my phrases that I love that I came up with was you can't change the past, but you can change your outlook on it. Mm-hmm. And so that is where my sweet spot is 100%. Okay. So, and, and once again, it's up to you, but maybe you should start with that, but incorporate your, your knowledge of loss mm. in that as a springboard into your speaking or right. have some kind of a combination of the two and a story. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, my keynote is, is my story. The key, the book is the extended version and all the parts that I'm not telling within my keynote, but my keynote is the journey and the lessons I've learned through that journey and how I got to this idea of finding your inner strength. So if you were to have a speech right now or a Ted talk or whatever you want, I I hope a Ted talk for you someday, that would be great. Um, but I mean, if you were to go out on stage right now, what would be the first thing that you would talk about? The first thing I would talk about is, is asking the audience if they've ever gone through a challenge and they had no idea how to look towards the positive outside or outcome, um, to say, everyone's gone through their challenges. Let me tell you a little bit about the surrogacy journey and what I went through and all the challenges we faced and how I'm still on the other side saying I would do it again in a heartbeat. Okay. And can you see yourself actually doing that, say, and talking for maybe 15 minutes about it? At least. The story in and of itself, every time I've told it, is it's a pretty long one. <laughs> because um, in under in understanding how I got to the actual couple, it was like these lightning bolts from God that said, this is the path you're supposed to go on. And I can tell each one of those stories. There was three different times that it happened. Um, understanding exactly what what challenges I faced because it wasn't my baby. What what amazing things I faced because it wasn't my baby. Um, and then, you know, my kids' reactions to it. My husband's reactions all the time when people would be like, oh, I had no idea your wife was pregnant. And he would say, well, it's not mine. And then they'd look at me and be like, what? And I'm like, well, it's not mine either. Um And then working towards going through COVID and the step again of going through IVF and all the medications and all of the shots. And then really that, that traumatic loss of being in the hospital for two days. So I for sure could talk about it for a very long time. It's quite a story. So do you know what you did just now? A podcast. A podcast. (laughs) Very, very good. You've been listening. That's right. You made a podcast for yourself, not just a subject for a podcast, but you've already put together your probably your first 10 episodes. How How is that all 10 episodes? Because you make them 15 minutes a piece. Uh, see, I'm used to listening to podcasts for an hour. That if, if that's what you're into, that's fine. But if you actually look a lot of podcasts, especially information podcasts, if they go longer than 15 to 30 minutes, people start no losing interest and dropping off. Okay. Okay. If you look at any of my normal podcasts, not my my uh, coaching podcasts, because obviously those are a little bit longer. But if you look at any of my regular podcasts, they're no longer than forty five minutes tops. Mm. And that's because sometimes my guests go a little bit longer. But that's mm. okay. I, I don't mind that so much. But if you're doing right. a solo podcast, 
like my so my my one solo podcast that I made and the one that's going to be coming out next week are 15 minutes. Okay. That's it. So you take that story into 15 minute chunks and you have a podcast. Okay. I hear you. I will, I will work on that. Okay. (laughs) That's good. I like that. Okay. I'm actually going to hold you to that. Okay. Okay. Now, if you need help making a podcast, I can help you. I have ways to be able to do that. I can help okay. you start a podcast and and that kind of thing. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, the the uh, backing up of order problem that you have. You are afraid that you're going to end up getting 50 or 60 orders all at once. Yes. Okay. What leads you to think that? Tell me, tell me what, what that is about. Um, I don't know, because I see like the big picture of when all of a sudden somebody finds out about your stuff and it explodes. I'm always like, like, oh my gosh, what happens if I don't have X, Y, and Z? Or what happens if it's on back order? Because all the stuff I got is either from China or from places that I had to order from. I'm very much an independent person. Anything I've done in the past, very much your DIYer. I did it myself. I have the Cricut machine. I've got the, you know, all the stuff to make whatever it is that I've been looking for. Um, So to rely on somebody else to have to then fulfill my sections of my order, I think is, is just a nervous instinct to say, okay, but what if, what if, what if. Mm -hmm. And can you explain to me what that is? In terms of of what, like worrying that it's not going to be there. What is that? Um, I I would say it's a Jewish thing. <laughs> I don't know if other people have this issue. Like when we when we plan meals for people, my mom always makes fun of me because like I'll plan for seventy people, even though fifty people are going to show up, and she's <laughs> like, "Why didn't you plan for fifty people?" Well, you know, in my head, God forbid somebody else comes and then they don't have food. It's the same idea. Like, God forbid somebody orders for me and then I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't have enough. So this is going to go the same place as your podcast. It's a fear. Yeah. Plain and simple. It's a fear. What if? What if? That's all I heard you say is what if this happens? What if that happens? Right. So what do we do to overcome that? plan make a letter to make sure that if that does happen you can be prepared to say your order will take a little longer or so let me let me give you let me give it a little a little tidbit here the expectation of what you set for your customers is what they're going to expect Mm. right so let's set that expectation Let them know it's going to take six to eight weeks for delivery. Give yourself Mm -hmm. enough time to be able to put those things together, right? Mm -hmm. And then if they get done sooner, you're going to look like you're going to look like a superhero. What you want to do is under promise, over deliver. deliver. There you go. You know exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. That's how you keep control of that because if the inevitable happens. You have that cushion for yourself that you don't have to worry about so much because you've already told your customer that it's going to take this long, mm-hmm. right? But by the time, personally, I think by the time you're getting to the point where you're getting 50 orders at one time, 
you've already made enough money and time and effort and everything to know you can make fill that order. You're getting mm. way too ahead of yourself on how much ordering that's going to be done when you first start out. Have mm. you sold any of these things yet? Um, I've well, I've sold a lot of the workbooks. I've only sold one or two toolkits so far. Okay, and how long have you actually been selling the toolkits for? Um, just a few months. Okay, so let's say two, maybe three toolkits over a couple months, right? Yeah. So, do you think in those couple months when you actually get things started, you're going to be able, you're going to be selling fifty of those things? No. Okay. So let's not overthink this, okay? Even if you sell 10, the first, when you're doing a full market thing and you sell 10, you're, you're still going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? What if you sell 15 of them? Are you still going to be okay? Mm-hmm. What if you sell 25 of them? Are you still going to be okay? Yeah, I'd probably have to start reordering. Okay, so now you know what your breaking point is. Okay. Okay, when you get to that breaking point, that's when you need to start thinking about reordering or, or setting that expectation that they're not going to get their order in a certain amount of time. Okay. Okay. But until you get to that point, you really don't have much to worry about. Right. Right. Yeah. So go for it. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like one of those where you see like the Amazon fulfillment rooms and I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how many orders that they're getting, but I see the conveyor belt and I see the people and I'm like, there is no way I'm up to that. Are you Amazon? Nope. Okay, then don't pretend you are. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're you're comparing yourself to somebody else that's already a big big company star. Right. That's been don't, around for twenty or years. Whatever. You know, right. Since you're a bookstore, right? So don't compare that. Compare yourself to yourself. Compare yourself to yourself a week ago. Compare yourself to yourself to a month ago. Don't compare yourself to somebody else that's already there. Right. You'll never get there. It's so funny because I say that all the time and I, I have to remember to take my own advice. Until some weird guy comes on and lets you on the show <laughs> and, and tells you the exact same thing. Right. Who also says my husband was correct. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? You think you'd actually get a beef up your, your sales a little more and still be okay? Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, you actually have... Do you have a follow? Do you have a pretty good following on some of these platforms that you've been on? I'm starting um, on Facebook. I've got almost two thousand people um, on Instagram. I've got like another six or seven hundred. Um, LinkedIn. I kind of just started within the last month, and I'm up. I'm just under like two hundred. So not not very much on LinkedIn yet, but I've just started. Okay, uh, I will get with you on LinkedIn. Okay. So just, I just want to put that out there for you. Perfect. You have enough people where you can actually start some, some actual hard selling on, okay. on these platforms. I think, I think the problem is your, your mentality is I'm Amazon that you're not going hard enough on sales for the, for what you're actually trying to accomplish. Mm. So I really think if you start processing things a little bit more about what you actually have to offer these people, because these people are following you for a reason, personally, I think Mm. even if you only have out of 2000 people, you only have like 10 or 15 people that actually want what you have. Mm. That's enough to get started and start making Mm. some kind of flow happening Mm. and getting that word of mouth going. Right. Well, that's, I mean, I know I've sold, if I look on lulu.com for the books, I've sold almost a hundred books. Um, and they came out officially in January. 
so six months or so since mm-hmm. the book was released. Um, and then my second workbook, I'm just waiting for Lulu to approve global distribution right now. Um, so as soon as that's approved, I can also hit the ground running with that one. Um, it's the toolkits that I was a little bit slower on. I think it was also because my husband just helped me get the actual toolkit on my website. So if somebody now wants to order it, as opposed to to emailing me through Instagram or something like that, they can go directly to my website. And then I get an email that, Hey, this person wants to order a toolkit. So that, that is, has been a, I think a huge start also to take that next step. So what are you doing with this link? Where are you putting it? Um, it's on Instagram. I think in my profile, it's on Facebook in my profile. It's on LinkedIn. Um, it's a pretty easy website. It's kalilagreenspeaker.com and it's got, all of my information about speaking, but then it also has the information about the toolkits and the book and that kind of stuff. But I, I understand that it's on, it's uh, probably on your, in your profile and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you actually advertising in your, in your strings, in your posts and things of that nature? I would think you would. Not as much as I probably should. Um, I need to keep, keep doing that. When it first came out, I was doing it a lot. And then i sort of, been concentrating on on really building the inner strength and i um i just i need to keep going back to sending people to my website to then say okay if you have a pregnancy loss or you know someone who's going through a pregnancy loss or with especially with this new workbook that's coming out to say okay if you're really looking to build up some techniques in terms of building that inner strength so when you really need to draw on it it's there and you have that muscle memory already to continue to put that in there as well um, so I know I, I definitely need to do it more often. Okay. So you're thinking already. Yeah. This is, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Right. This is stuff that you need to do that you should have been. I don't want I don't want to say you should have been doing this, but I mean, this is stuff that you're definitely have been thinking about for a while, but you just haven't taken off to do it. Right. And I do it sometimes because I post every day. So, and I've had people comment and say, you know, I love watching your videos. I love watching the stuff that you put out there. Um, I know people that I've, I've known in California where I used to live that said, I, you know, I ordered a workbook for somebody that I knew that went through a miscarriage. I, I know somebody in, in Utah that ordered like 20 of them for their congregation. Um, so it's, I know that it's working. It's just those baby steps of, of, putting them in the right direction. Okay. So <clears throat> these whoop, blah, 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 blah. Let me try that again. These workbooks that you've sold already, are you keeping track of the people that actually buy them? I can't because it goes through Amazon and Lulu. I don't get the information of who it is that they send the workbook to. Okay. Have you ever put together an email list before? I haven't and I would love to. Okay. This is this is a common mistake that a lot of people make and even myself have made is not starting a way to put together a, an email list. Mm. Have you thought about putting one together and know how to put it together or anything like that? I, I don't know how to put it together, but I would love to put it together. I don't know what I would include in the email unless it was just the same repeat stuff of what I either say on my podcast or like little tidbits of what I have in my book. Like I don't want to give too much of the book away because I want people to buy the book, but I also don't want to keep it hidden and say, you know, you can't see any of it because it's, it's a secret book that you have to then buy. (laughs) Um, So I, it's, it's figuring out what to put in a newsletter and then getting the newsletter out. So how would you, I'm just going to run this by it. Okay. How would you feel about giving away the very first chapter of your book? 
Just the first chapter. That's it. For the workbook or for the um, the memoir? Maybe both. Maybe just the memoir. Maybe, I don't know. How would you feel about just giving away that one chunk? The memoir, I would have no problem giving away the first chunk. The the workbook. So like I can show you, here's, here's my... Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. The new workbook that hasn't been officially released, but it's not really in chapters. It's in, like each, there's 19 different activities or things to read. Um, so I could, you know, I could, one of my freebies is I have breathing techniques in here. So I have four different breathing techniques. So I, I certainly wouldn't mind giving those away, but that's four emails, not 52. One email. Right. But that's all. How many emails do you then send? Like, wouldn't you have to do a weekly email or you could. a monthly email? You could, but I think personally, you have enough information in your head to be able to make those things and you only have to mm-hmm. make them once. Mm-hmm. So you're like the very first email would be a free, the, the five top breathing techniques that you have. Just, I'm just throwing it out there. People are going to want that because they're, they're in what your, your niche is. Mm-hmm. These are things that they will already want. These are people have already said they wanted it because Number one, they're already following you, so they know what they're mm-hmm. in for. And number two, we're all in the same well, you all all in the same kind of niche on the I'm trying to I'm trying to put this lightly. So <laughs> but you're all kind of talking about the same thing. So why wouldn't somebody want this? So okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this from you and I'm gonna leave you my email. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now once you start building up these emails, you start using these emails to give information, give information, give value, give value. And then after a certain amount of time pitch. Mm -hmm. So my, the way I, the way I do it or the way I want to do it, because I'm, this is kind of where I'm at too, to be honest with you, I would give away the thing, four values, one pitch. Mm -hmm. So once a week or maybe once in four days, depending on what you're comfortable doing, Mm -hmm. value, 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 pitch. So value, 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 value. Hey, I got this toolkit. Value, mm-hmm. value, value, value. Hey, I got this. But so each of those values is, is it's eight different emails. It's eight different things that are technically in the workbook, right? No, it so, doesn't have to be in the workbook. It could okay. be, it could be uh, my next podcast episode is going to be this. I'm talking to this person. This is their, this is their experience. It could mm. be a story that you've come up with that's part of your part of your life. It mm. could be um, I met this person at the craft fair and this is what they told me as long as, you know, obviously get permission. It doesn't have to be the workbook, but it still needs to be some sort of value that people are going to be interested in. Mm. So it's it's essentially the same ideas that I've been posting on Instagram and stuff like that, just in email form. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You could even do a video of yourself saying, hi, it's me. Hey, this is what I'm doing. People will respond to video more than. Right. But anyway, however you think you want to do that. And then when you get that last value and then pitch. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think that you're going to, you will, if you can do that, you will actually see an increase in sales of your toolkit and whatever else that you're pitching. Because Mm -hmm. these are all people in that same niche that want help and they want help from you. Mm-hmm. They already said they want help from you. They were following you because they want your help from you. Mm-hmm. And then 
how do you then transition all of those into, let's say, a, a four week course that you could obviously that I have information, but what, what kind of a course would I then build to say, okay, it, it could either be a live course or it could be a pre-recorded course mm-hmm. that you could do on your own time. Mm-hmm. But is it's again, I keep going back to the workbook because I don't know what else I guess would be available. What have you learned up to this point and what your experiences are and what can you do to teach that to somebody else? I mean, it's all about, building resiliency and building inner strength. Okay. And how do you do, I'm not going to, I'm not asking, this is a rhetorical question. Okay. How do you do that? That's what your course is about. Uh-huh. That's what you, that's what you tell other people. This is what this is about. This is the resilience. This is what I do to get through it. This is what you can do to do it. And mm-hmm. here's, here's a four step course to be able to accomplish those things. Mm-hmm. What people are going to want is that final goal. They're not going to, mm-hmm. They're no, they don't want to hear about how I do, how I get there. They want to hear, hear about what is it the end goal is for me. And I, then if I like that end goal, then I'm going to go ahead and take these steps that you're taking, they're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be up to you. It might still take a while courses. I mean, we're still new to this. Mm-hmm. So it might be a while before you get to courses, but at least get that email list started. So you have somebody to talk to, you have four or 500 people that you could just build relationships with. Uh, talk back and forth with, um, build that rapport with some of them that can become super fans. Mm-hmm. And then if you can actually get these people to become super fans, they'll buy anything you got because mm-hmm. they want it from you. They don't want mm-hmm. it from anybody else. They want it from you because they built that rapport with you. Mm-hmm. And that's a book, by the way, super fans. I said, strongly suggest you getting that book because I think that okay. would actually help you a lot. Okay. Um, it's written by a gentleman named Pat Flynn. He's a guy that I follow relig- religiously. Um, and he's a top podcast performer, but he also does. This guy's amazing. You should probably look him up. Okay. Anyway, so I think even though courses and classes might be a little further off than like tomorrow, starting to build that email list. So when you do get to that point, would be beneficial for you. Okay. Okay. Um, also build in public when you're building these things, tell people on your podcast, Hey, I'm doing this. This is my, mm-hmm. next, this is what I'm doing right now. If you listen to my podcast at the very end of all my, not my coaching podcast, but my regular podcasts at the end of those, I always talk about, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So building in public will help you. Okay. So even if it's like, hey, I just decided to put this in my toolkit today. Right. Now people know that this is something you have in your toolkit they might be interested in. Right. So even like something as simple as the temporary tattoos to say like, we're, we're working on creating a temporary tattoo. What would be your phrase that you would want on one? Something like oh, that. Oh, that's, that's actually amazing. Okay. You got you. You just passed what I was talking about. Now you're <laughs> now you're involving you're involving your followers into your world, right. giving them the throwing them the ball. Hey, what right. do you think? Email me, mm-hmm. uh, DM me on Twitter. What do you think I should do? What would be great mm-hmm. if you were to find this right now? What would you want in it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, <laughs> good. 
Do you have any questions for me up until this point? Because I've kind of gone over a lot, but I mean, I want to just check. No, in. it's funny because, like, as you're talking, I'm like, I am totally going to re-listen to this entire podcast when it comes out, so that I can start taking notes. Oh heck, I'm going to send this to you like probably tomorrow. Oh nice. Yeah, I, I actually give this to my to my uh, my my coaches. I don't know how you want to call it. Um, so they have it right away. Okay. I, I will end up putting it out on the podcast, but you're going to get mm-hmm. this like in the next day or two because it's important that you have it while it's still fresh in your head. Right. Right. How long does it take you to to go from start to finish to get a podcast once you've interviewed somebody to get it up onto YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and all that? Um, Not long, actually. It okay. really depends on your time, your time, how much time you want to devote actually to get it up. Okay. It could be a day. It could be a week. Okay. And then do you also recommend to have eight to 10 already done before you release it? I would release with at least four, including an episode zero that talks about who you are and what you're trying to accomplish with the podcast. Okay. Um, I would definitely have a bank that you could put in, but a lot of uh, the podcast uh, servers will only have a certain amount of time uh, you can actually download things into now. When I first started out, I only had three hours that I can download into the server itself. But I had right. about seven episodes in my hard drive ready to go. Um, after that, then it's pretty easy to stay stay consistent because you're just building off of that. Okay. Um, but is it necessary? Not really. Mm-hmm. I think starting off with four episodes is enough to get somebody to binge listen for a couple episodes and realize if they actually like you or not. Mm-hmm. And that's what really that first four episodes is about. First episode okay. is about you. The next three episodes are about what you're actually doing. Right. So. Oh, wait a minute. You just said the first four episodes are about my story. <laughs> the first, four, and- first, first episode zero is about you. And what you're trying to accomplish, and the next three are what you're actually talking about, what you're actually accomplishing. So if you're saying, hey, my next three episodes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do interviews on my podcast, then the next three episodes are those interviews, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying four episodes of just you. No, I'm just Because <laughs> yeah, my story is a long one. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you need to break it down by a couple, by all means. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. So that's what I I would say. I mean, if you want to make a bank of seven or eight episodes before you actually release, great. If you don't want to take the time and you just want to get out there so you're excited because you're so excited about it, great. It okay. all depends on what this is. It'll be your podcast. This is right. your movie. Right. Right. So you do what you want with it. Even if you okay. only want to re- release once a month. Right. I, I actually have a guy who releases once a month because that's all he has time for, but he still has a following. He still has people mm. that look forward to what he's putting out and that kind of thing, even mm. though it's a month at a time. When I first started out, it was every two weeks because mm. that's all the time I could fit in. But then when I started getting along and I started getting my processes down and I could actually start editing quicker and I had another subject I wanted to talk about, then I went weekly. Mm. I, I, was, I, I got the experience to where I can get things narrowed down enough to where I can actually put out a weekly podcast. Okay. So that's entirely up to you. Now, if you want me to help you as far as how do I process this, how does this work, and that kind of thing, I'll help you with that Mm -hmm. um, if you'd like, if you have questions about that. Okay. That would be helpful. All right. 
So what else do I got here? Craft fair. Oh, the word art therapy came up in my mind when you were talking at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Now my wife actually does art therapy. Okay. So a lot of what you're talking about actually remnants a lot of, of what she does in her art therapy. So Mm -hmm. the different colors that, that are mean different types of emotions and feelings. That's great. I really like that. Mm -hmm. You should expand off of that a little bit. I really think you should expand off that because you're creative. I can tell. Right. I am. Yeah. So let that creativity flow in the colors. In terms of what I create or what I'm asking other people to create. Both. Okay. Now I don't know how you're going to do it, but I want you to kind of bear that in the back of your head. How do I, how do I expand off of the, 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 the colors and the art and the emotions? Mm-hmm. It might be something you could put in your toolkit. It mm-hmm. might be something you can do a YouTube video on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that you can actually build off of. Okay. So uh, I think I've given you enough to think about. I don't know. Uh, what the- That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. I don't know what time it is. I have no idea what time it is. Anyway. It's my time. I don't know where you are. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm in uh, central time. So. Okay, I'm in Eastern time, so it's ten fifteen here. Ten. So, so you're nine fifteen. Right. So we're out. We're only an hour. So we started at eight. So you actually have about another half an hour with me. So I want. I to- mean, that was that was so much good information, and I, I'm really excited to to. I like. I think getting the podcast sort of hashed out was the key factor, and I think that if I can do that with the email list, like those two things together will be such a big help. And then it will also help because the other, Oh, I have, I do have another question. And yeah. because you're a speaker, maybe you'll have direct advice. Mm-hmm. Um, creating my demo reel is something I'm also just, it, it, it's that fear again. It's that, it's that I need to be able, I have a friend who is going to be doing pictures with me so that I have some more diverse pictures that I can put on my website. Right now, my website is done um, for the moment. It's it's out, it's open, it's live, but I can certainly update it with different pictures and with newer pictures and with pictures of me speaking. Part of the problem being in the Orthodox community is that I speak a lot, but it's also a lot on the Sabbath where we can't take pictures of me speaking. So, um, we, we're going to set up a time probably late July or early August where she's going to do pictures with me, Mm -hmm. but I also, I've gotten permission from my synagogue to be able to use a section and set up some chairs where I can give either my whole speech or sections of my speech to five people, 10 people, whoever I can get to show up of my friends Mm -hmm. just to have the microphone, just to be able to have action shots, just to be able to have a demo reel to show of the the way that my voice carries, the way that I can tell jokes, the way that I can involve the audience, all those sorts of things. I'm getting very stuck on the demo reel side of things. No, you're not. I know I have it all up here. It's actually getting it out. <laughs> so you, it's there. It's all there. I know it's Everything just doing it. It's there. So yeah, it's just doing it. It's getting used to the fact that you're in front of five people, even though they're your friends or anything. The problem is that you, you're afraid you're gonna, and this is this goes into the perfectionist in you, and you're afraid you're gonna make a mistake. 
It's not the mistake. It's, and I know exactly what it is. Whenever I would audition, I was in a, a theater group for 15 years when I was in Los Angeles. It right. was all women. We did um, major Broadway productions, literally all women. I always played a man um, for women by women and, and things like Lee Miz and Joseph and into the woods and things like that. Uh-huh. And when I, I would have to get up in front of the entire theater, uh-huh. no problem. I ha- I could do that with, with my eyes closed. Didn't matter when I had to audition in front of three people at the very beginning, I, I would be shaking in my boots. I hate just talking to this. I don't yeah. mind all of that. But what, what is really the difference between talking to three people and talking to 300 people? What is the real difference? In my head. <laughs> it's in your head. doesn't matter. There is no difference. There is no difference between talking to three people. Now, I think you're get, your mentality is you have three people and their focus is directly on you. And you could feel that because <clears throat> you could visually see it's only three people. So you're afraid you're going to make it's, – it's more – I know if I make a mistake, it's going to be easier for me to see because there's only three people in front of me. But it goes right back into fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. I'm going to say it again to you. It's just – it's all there. You have everything you need. You just need to do it and get comfortable doing it because you're going going out of your comfort zone. As Mm. weird as it sounds, some people say their comfort zone is the – they're out of their comfort zone is 300 people, Right. Some, but you, I kind of have the opposite problem. When you get down to three <laughs> or five people, people then like you're I'm out of your nuts. comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. So you shouldn't worry about it too much. And I think if you, even if you just practice it with yourself, mm. when you, let me ask you a different question. When you do your speaking, are you memorizing a script? Good. Don't do that. That's terrible. <laughs> No, I know. Cause then I, you get tripped up. I, I have a very funny story about that. Actually. I was in guys and dolls. It was the second show that we did with this theater group. And I played Harry, the horse, um, who is obviously a guy and he's one of the sort of side bosses in guys and dolls. And he's introducing somebody who is coming to Chicago or he's coming from Chicago to New York to gamble with this group. And I remember being on stage and I actually, it was the night of course that we videotaped the show and I, I got lost in whatever paragraph it was that I was saying. And I remember sitting there thinking, nobody knows that I'm lost in this paragraph. Nobody knows that I have absolutely no idea what the scripted line is. I'm just going to continue. I'm good. I'm fine. And then I watched the video and I thought, oh my God, what? That, that wasn't even English. Like the words were all there, but they weren't in any order of of sense that could be determined that this was a story that was meant to be told. And I was like, that, I'm so glad that's on tape. That was perfect. Well, you're the only one that knows, really, if you really think about it. I mean, yes. But at the same time, I felt like the people that were watching were like, it, are we supposed to follow what she's saying? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that be a deterrent. That's just an experience. It's right. Okay. No, I know. <laughs> don't 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 let that one experience because you had a little flub there be the one thing that your brain goes back to. No, I know, but it's just okay. I'm so grateful yeah. not to have a script because otherwise <laughs> I think about the the lines and I'm like, Ooh. yeah. No, a lot of a lot of speakers will have that pro- will have that, and not only will they get tripped up, but they'll sound a lot more robotic. Because they're, right. they're not speaking from the heart. They're speaking from the mind. 
Right. No, you can tell instantaneously when someone has a script in front of them versus if they're just speaking off the cuff when they know what they're talking about. But it's it's a it's a conversation with the audience. It's not just a I'm going to sit and I'm going to read these lines because that's what's in front of me. Mm -hmm. So, okay. so how do we get past your fear of talking to three to five people? Just do it. I see a running theme happening here. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. I should just have the Nike swoosh behind my camera all the time. There you go. I'd probably show you to you here, but I get in trouble. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm right. I'm not branding. I'm just saying. Uh, No, I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. So when, when is this, uh, when is this happening? I don't have a date set yet, but I can, I got permission from the the head of the synagogue and I just have to pick a date and then send an invitation out to 20 people and say, Hey, if you're free at this time, I'll have drinks and snacks. Come hear me speak for 10 minutes. I want to get back with you and, and hear about how that went. Okay. I really do. As a matter of fact, what I'd really like to do with you at this point is I want to invite you back a month from now. Okay. So you're going to hold me to everything. I'm going to hold you to everything. That's right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you another free two hour session, just like we did today. Okay. In a month's time. Okay. And I want to see what changes you've made. I want to see what, uh, what, what fears you've overcome, uh, what change, I mean, you, you got a lot that you need to do here. I'm going to be honest with you, but I want to hold you to these things and make sure that we're advancing in what we're talking about. Because okay. that's what's more important to me than anything else is to see growth. I'm not mm-hmm. saying accomplish all these things in a month. I don't want, I really don't even want to see that any of these accomplished, but I want to see movement, a start, a start, something that's changed one okay. foot in front of the other. Exactly. I mean, if you could finish something great, do it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Please do it. If you think you could finish it, but don't feel like that you're being pressured into having to finish all these things in a month's time. I just no, I know. I mean, I know I need to do my demo reel. That's sort of the most important thing to me so that I can get it up on my website. Right now, the the reel that I have is me speaking at my daughter's bat mitzvah, which was at the end of May. But because that was so scripted, I wanted to make sure that I got the right things out. It's not really how I speak, but it was a it was good enough for what I had at the moment. Um, so it's it's on there, but it's not. It doesn't showcase what I know I can do. Um, also, it was it was much more close to my heart because my daughter was sitting right in front of me and she was the one actually taking the video. So it was um, it was a little emotional. Whereas because I've told the story of surrogacy and lost so many times, it's it's not as emotional and it's easier to tell. How can I help you with your reel? Um, I think just once I maybe editing. I I don't know. I think it's, it's getting the right things in there, knowing what I need to actually put in there and what order do I do it in? And do I need to put music? Do I need to copyright music? Like, is it, can I just take 30 seconds like I do on Instagram or 15 seconds of any song? Is that available to use things like that? Okay. So when it comes to music, um, yeah, you do have to be really careful because of copyrights. Um, I use Soundstripe. Okay. And Soundstripe is basically uh, non-copyrighted music. Okay. So you can use any of that. Um, I There's other other ones, too, that you can use. That's just the one I happen to use. Um, okay. There is a, a little bit of a cost involved to get 
into the group, but once you're in there, you can use anything that they got. Okay. So um, when it comes to that, that's if you want if you want me to take a stab at the editing, I can. Uh, if okay. you want to see how I edit, you could look at my last couple of YouTube videos and see if that's kind of the style you're looking for. Okay. And we could talk about how we can accomplish that. Okay. Okay. That would if be great. Any, Thank you. If there's anything I can do to help you in making any anything any of this stuff that we talked about possible, you let me know. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate that. For sure. Okay. So here's my biggest question now. Yeah. Give me three takeaways from what we've talked about today. Three takeaways that you know that really made a difference. Just do it. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's probably the That's, biggest one of them all, right? Right. Um, stop getting ahead of myself. And um, just get out of my comfort zone and do it. Forget the fear. And what does fear stand for? I don't remember. <laughs> I knew it. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. I want you to write that down somewhere. When you watch this and you hear this again, I want you to write it down somewhere and put it somewhere on a post-it I have, note. I have my book. This is like my my book of everything. But what I'm saying is I want you to write that down and put it somewhere in your house that you always look at, whether it be your bathroom mirror, the front door. I got all kinds of notes on my front door mm. of affirmations and things that keep me going. Like my 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 um the saying that i have is i can i am i will and i'm doing it today nice and that's something my 6 year old said that i use as my affirmation mm. he's 17 now wow he but we still use that we both use that as affirmations for ourselves that's my tagline right. for my podcast i can nice. i am i will and i'm doing it today do nice. it now while you're thinking about it right right so can you give me one more? I, my one of mine is um, stop thinking about the what ifs and start thinking about the what nows. How many times did you say what if when we first started this? I thing? know. <laughs> Keep that because I think about it in the sense of of loss, in the sense of what if I did this instead, or what if I ate that instead, or what if I didn't eat that instead, as opposed to. Stop. I can't change that. I can't change anything that happened here. I can only change about this and what's going forward. So I, I know it like logically it makes sense to say, well, if you say that all the time, then it should count for stop thinking about the what ifs, even if that means stop thinking about the what ifs of it, the future, because you can't change those just as much as you can't change the what ifs of the past. But what we do with the past in our minds and what we do in our actions is what makes us what we, who we are today. Right. So let's take those what ifs and turn them into do it nows. Right. Right. Cause we don't know, really know how it's going to turn out until we actually do it. Right. We can't predict the future. We don't know, but the only way we are going to know is if we just do it. Just, just like we're it. talking about. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Now, Tell me one thing you're going to do as soon as we get, if I, probably it's late, so probably go to bed. But <laughs> I was going to say it might be tomorrow. But yeah, it might be tomorrow. So what's one thing you're going to do right away? Give me, give me one thing you're going to do like as soon as humanly possible. I am going to pick a date to do my demo. There you go. I like that. And you let me know when that date is, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Probably the first week of August, just thinking about the rest of the summer, um, which I know is a little bit farther out than what I'd like. But at the same time, there's 
right now in Judaism, we're in that a weird time where we're we're sort of mourning the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. So I want to make sure that it's it's after that time period is over. And officially this year it ends on July 27th, which is two days after my birthday. So then after after July 27th, I'm like, all right, let's go. All right. Awesome. All right, Kila. Kalila. Kalila. I'm sorry. I told you I'm gonna mess it up with then. That's okay. Thank you for listening to the coaching edition of the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, brought to you by Doing It Today Coaching. If you want to get across the start line, contact me, DJ Scoob, at doingittodaycoaching at gmail.com. Say the words, do it now, for a free two-hour discovery call to see how I can help you in your entrepreneur adventure. Art and graphics by Elaine Wilson, supported by my Patreon, Brian Briggs of Ocean Tree Creative, and Oliver Siegel of Anal. And hosted by me, DJ Scoob. <laughs> Click the show notes below for more information. And remember, I can, I am, I will, and I'm doing it today. As a worker of two full-time jobs, running a podcast and coaching, every minute counts in my day-to-day. It's hard to be consistent in any of my social medias. And at this point, I cannot hire a social media manager. Pinnacle AI to the rescue! I've been using Pinnacle AI for a couple of weeks now. I've seen big improvements in my outreach and consistency in all my social medias. Do you want to save time and increase your productivity too? Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI for more information. Save yourself time and grow your brand. Try it now and see what it can do for you.